We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week, I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. On this week of the Coachable Podcast, I'm sitting down for a powerful conversation with shaman and spiritual teacher, Jeff Gladstein, who is somebody that I have personally worked with in some very intimate, powerful settings that has absolutely changed my perspective, outlook, and um, beingness in the world, the way that I am today is um, not who I was a year ago. Uh, It's not who I was a couple months ago. And Jeff has been integral in allowing me uh, space uh, to, to grow and evolve in ways I didn't even know were possible through the, the healing modalities of of energy work and plant medicine that we get into in today's conversation, specifically around magic mushrooms and psilocybin. So we answer all the questions that you might have when it comes to microdosing and the science behind psilocybin, as well as what's happening in the body, um, the legality of it, as well as how the, the traditional psychotherapy model is evolving and changing and the research that's being done at some incredible research facilities like Harvard University and John Hopkins. So it's very exciting to be able to bring this conversation to you guys because what I am most passionate about is providing you with the educational uh, information and resources to make choices for you and your health and healing journey that are best for you. And that's what we're all about uh, and what we do in this show. So I hope you enjoy. So let's get into the episode. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have this opportunity just to press record and let other people hear kind of the conversations that that we have and and just get your get your take on and some really important topics specifically around things that I've also been really interested in. Um, and 
just want to say thank you for being here and sharing your wisdom. Well, thank you for the invitation. Mm -hmm. It's always a pleasure. And I would love to share, you know, as much as um, time allows, Mm -hmm. you know, with regards to this topic because of just the nature of, um, you know, the fact that it's becoming much more prevalent. People are are interested and uh, just the amazing benefits Mm -hmm. that people are seeing, um, you know, through the proper the proper use of of these uh, ancient, you know, medicines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So can you describe for people what is exactly you do as a shaman, as a spiritual teacher who uses shamanic and and energetic practices for deep healing work? Um, Give give people an idea of what what does that mean and how how long have you been doing the work and and what does that incorporate? Sure. Well, so the work that I do is really very deeply steeped in helping people obtain and maintain energetic balance. Um, it's, uh, it's our understanding that, you know, when we are energetically balanced, we, we tend to be very healthy and vibrant with a sense of well-being. And, and there are many things that can take us out of a state of, of energetic balance, um, emotional you know, experiences, uh, certain, what I refer to as uh, psycho-emotional dynamics, um, trauma, accidents, um, illness is a manifestation of, of energetic imbalance. So, you know, here in the West, you know, conventional medicine tends to treat the symptom. And what we do, what shamans and, and energy medicine people do, is that we treat the underlying energetic imbalance so the physical body then adapts to that change and we get better. Um, and what that means is that we use practices that are, are very old. Um, the science is now just, modern science is just now beginning to measure through their you know, technological instrumentation, um, energy, the human energy field. <clears throat> and there are cultures throughout the world that have, have used energetic practices and shamanic practices um, for thousands and thousands of years. Um, probably one of the more popular um, examples of that would be um, acupuncture, right? Or acupressure, which is nothing more than helping reestablish a balanced flow of what's called chi or energy. And that's done through the use of either pressure or possibly um, very small needles or um, cupping um, or herbal you know, type remedies. Um, and in Asia, you know, that type of practice has been done for over 5,000 years. Um, in all indigenous cultures throughout the world, there have been energetic practices that bring in energies that are natural uh, and natural healing modalities. So what I do is really a combination of the energy medicine, which has to do with um, balancing the human energy field and working predominantly with uh, these psycho-emotional energies, right? What the, the causes of how we create energies that we hold. Um, and then also the shamanic practices, which tend to work in the psycho-spiritual realm, the realm of uh, the soul and of karma and of our ancestors. And by combining those two modalities, um, we find a very, very powerful healing um, happens with people who really step into this. Now, as part of both energy medicine 
um, and shamanic healing, um, plants are used um, as natural forms of healing. Some of those plants can be herbs, <clears throat> excuse me. Others may be psychoactive, um, you know, type plants like People have heard about ayahuasca and psilocybin mushrooms, mm -hmm. you know, as an example. Mm -hmm. um, and what's happening now is that, you know, here in the West, there's attention being given and research being done on the benefits of these psychoactive compounds, these psychoactive plants, what are referred to as entheogens. And, and the word entheogen means to find the God within, mm. right? So, so they tend to be used not just for our emotional healing, but also for our spiritual development. Mm. Yeah, and what a time for for this to be coming uh, more into the mainstream, more and more people starting to uh, hear about these different healing modalities and, and alternative solutions to, you know, an epidemic of a pandemic of stress and trauma that we've all experienced. I mean, how, what's your take on, what we're experiencing in the world right now, collectively, uh, from an energetic perspective. Yeah, well, you know, with um, if we really take a look at what's going on globally, there is a significant polarization mm. happening energetically. Um, and a great example of that would be the recent um, COVID pandemic. Mm. Okay, so um, COVID has really affected people. In, in many different ways. It's, it's affected them economically. It has affected their health, um, their physical health. Um, it has affected our um, systems, our healthcare systems and financial systems. It has affected our government systems. Um, and, and at the deepest level, it has affected our psychological, you know, our emotional mm -hmm. state of being. And right now the planet is blanketed with the energy of fear, yeah. fear of survival, of contracting COVID and possibly getting sick and, and also fear of our mortality, mm -hmm. right? Possibly dying or, or the loss of a loved one, um, fear of economic uncertainty mm -hmm. because, you know, businesses are, are acting differently and having to um, kind of provide their products or services uh, differently. Mm -hmm. There's all of this question about governmental control and mandates for things like masks and vaccines. Um, and really the, the suggestion that I give to people about this is that, you know, do your research, mm. you know, read the research um, from the medical community. You know, spiritual teachers should not be giving medical advice, right? Um, we should be pointing to, you know, medical um, resources, scientific resources for people to make their own decisions. Now, the massive amounts of anxiety mm. and stress and fear, okay, that's occurring, we can certainly help people process that and help people see that. Um, and what's occurring globally right now is bringing up a lot of the deeply held energies, the deeply held fears that humanity has had for so long. Yeah. You know, I mean, here in this country, we're seeing a massive polarization, you know, with vaccination, not vaccination, yeah. masks, no masks, um, not to mention the political, uh, the polit you know, the, 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 the political, you know, aspects of what's being done with, uh, with uh, the pandemic. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, I was at the gym this morning in the locker room and uh, I overheard a conversation uh, that a woman was having that I, it, 
was talking about uh, the grief and the trauma uh, she's experienced. She recently, I guess, had a family member pass. I don't know if it was from COVID or not, but it it seemed to be something that was significantly impacting a lot of the people that she loved. And as a, as a uh, part of that, that group and that family, she was impacted by it as well and picking up on the trauma and the grief of those around her energetically and carrying that with her. And I was noticing just um, within my own experience, feeling back to when I've lost people in my own life and thinking about pain and this concept that we think pain is the problem, that that pain is something we need to run from or avoid and all of the coping mechanisms we typically do to avoid that. And then uh, on the other side of that is how do we really process it or address it, what we're experiencing and what you're talking about, whether it's from uh, plant medicine or working with an energy healer or on the psycho, spiritual, psycho, emotional um, part of what we were all going through, that requires turning inward and not running from those, those traumas and pains. Right. Yeah, it does. You know, l- listen, anytime we have an emotional experience of any level of intensity, there is an energy generated. There's an energy generated through our emotional experiences and through our thoughts. Now, depending upon how we embrace that energy, that energy either flows or it lands in us. Okay, if we repress it, if you know, as you were saying, if we run away from the pain, what happens is it begins to build up like sediment, you know, in a lake. Okay, and and over the course of time, it literally congests us and it stagnates the way our energy is truly meant to flow. And then what happens, because there's that distortion or that stagnation in our energy, the tissues follow energy because, you know, our physical body is nothing more than an energetic, very complex energetic system of 13 different energetic systems, you know, and not to mention our chakras. And then our meridians, which are the the pathways in which energy flows through us. And then the different layers in our energy field. So when we're stagnant or distorted or imbalanced energetically, there is a systemic response to that. And a great example of that is stress, right? Stress is, is now physical stress, like lifting something heavy. That's real. Emotional stress is perceived and is based upon our conditioned thoughts, those structured thought patterns we have that, oh my gosh, that's a stressful situation, right? And then we feel it and what happens? <gasps> like we don't take a deep breath, we tense up, see? Yeah. So we have this physiological response to what we perceive as stress, emotional stress, mental stress, yeah. right? And and it's so powerful, Tori, that it can stop our heart. Mm. People have heart attacks. They get high blood pressure. They develop diabetes. They get neuropathy. Um, They develop massive amounts of inflammation in their body, which creates all kinds of issues. Mm -hmm. So so the key is really understanding not only the impact energetically, you know, that, that people, the environment, what's going on in the world, you know, has on us, but it's what's going on within us, inside of us, in our brain. 
right? And this is and this kind of is a beautiful segue into where um, plant medicines have been shown um, and scientifically proven to be of benefit. Yeah. So if I could take a minute, I'll kind of explain what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was just thinking there's so, so many people listening saying, I relate, I'm stressed, I'm overwhelmed, I'm having some, phys- you know, right. I'm symptoms of this. What, what do I do about it now? Okay, so yeah, so let's, let's, let's talk about the, ph- first, let's talk about the phenomenon of psycho-emotional dynamics. Okay, now, um, depending upon what what information you read from the modern psychological world or psych or psychiatric world the average human being has between 60 and 80,000 thoughts per day now i mean you may say wait a minute i don't have that many thoughts well less than 10% of those thoughts are conscious 90% plus of our thoughts are locked away in our subconscious mind or our unconscious and it's the subconscious that generates unconscious thoughts. And those are the patterns that get triggered, right? Yep. Something happens and we like snap or we get upset or whatever it is. Those are the unconscious patterns. They're generated by the subconscious. And then the subconscious can also generate conscious thoughts. And, and this, this is kind of like the beginning of doing that deep journey inward where we, be, we become aware of like, what we're carrying and then we kind of begin to like take you know take a marble out of the sack one at a time and and we deal with it right like i might have issues with my mom or i may have had a trauma or i may have had an act you know some type of um you know accident or some type of emotional you know intense situation so we begin to kind of um excavate that and we and we work with it and this is where like western modern western psychology can be very very helpful is that it, it's like a big spotlight you know it shines a spotlight on what our stuff is mm-hmm. right and that's the first step but what's really going on like in our brain okay is we have these neural pathways a neuron connects to another neuron and there's either uh, an electrical connection or a chemical connection like neurotransmitters mm-hmm. right Okay. And what happens over the course of time, from the time we're very little, and as we grow, we become conditioned. And we receive the conditioning, the beliefs from our parents, from our siblings, from school, okay, from society in general. I mean, think about how much information children are exposed to now compared to at least when I was a child. Sure. You know, there were three television stations. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to do research, you went to the library, right? Now it's instant. You pick up your phone, right? You type it in and you get an instantaneous response. So there's all this conditioning that's going on and it gets locked away in the subconscious. Okay. And then people begin to experience anxiety, depression, trauma. They have mood related conditions like ADD and ADHD and OCD. Um, It manifests with patternistic um, behaviors like addiction or anorexia, or it can create cluster or migraine headaches. Those are all symptoms of a tightly structured neural network. Okay. Now, what plant medicines do, plant medicines like psilocybin, um, ayahuasca as an example, is they begin to kind of stretch the energetic bonds between those neurons. And then they inject themselves in between and they bind with the serotonin receptors. 
And what happens is instead of the neurons firing this way over and over and over and over again, anxiety, anxiety, OCD, depression, addiction, it's just the same thing over and over and over again, right? Is it stretches it and now the neurons can start firing in different directions and making these new novel, you know, uh, connections with other neurons. Mm -hmm. And it increases, you know, neural activity. Some research has shown by over 5,000%. Now, what does that really mean? What it means is that the, the um, entheogenic plant, like psilocybin, as an example, is it creates disorder. It deconstructs the structured pathways. And then when it properly reinforced with different thought modification, different neural pathway restructuring practices, we develop a completely new neural network. Mm -hmm. So we can remember the thoughts of depression or the thoughts of anxiety or the thoughts of stress, but we don't feel it any longer because those neuro, those neural connections, which were the thoughts are no longer the same. Mm. It's so powerful because it's like we can do that, that reprogramming consciously through, through mindfulness and meditation and through, through some other practices. And that, that can also take a lot, a lifetime to, to do. And that's, that's a lot right. of the work that I do with my clients. And so we're, we're working through that consciously. But what you're saying is that that these the the magic and the medicine of these plants allows us to do that at a very accelerated speed. It's yeah, so I'll, I'll share with you. Um, you know, I've been through my own personal process of healing, and and I won't get into like all of the details, but but when I went from being very unhealthy and literally on death's doorstep, and you know, just completely. Um, you know, completely unhealthy physically and emotionally and certainly spiritually devoid. Um, when I stepped onto my health path, um, it took me about five years to really kind of get it all going together. The physical health, then the emotional health, and then the mental health, and then the spiritual awakening, you know, that occurred, right? Uh, and it was a beautiful path, and it's what set me on the path of, of doing what I do today. It was, you know, the path of the shaman is that we, we go into the darkness, we heal ourselves, we learn, and then we bring that wisdom out and share it with other people. Well, that five years, okay, of, of self-introspection, of self-work, um, what I've seen with people that have, have worked with um, practitioners um, with plant medicines, various plant medicines, if it's done in a certain way, a structured way that's progressive, and it's reinforcing, it's, it's reinforced with, with <clears throat> excuse me, good sound cognitive psychology, you know, modification techniques, okay, can be shrunk down into a matter of months, mm. months. Wow. Okay. And it's amazing to see what, what people are doing who, who decide to do their research mm. and who decide to go and seek. Um, you know, doing this work, whether it's going to Peru, sure. you know, or Costa Rica to an ayahuasca, you know, retreat, mm. <clears throat> excuse me. So, so the medicine is, it accelerates the work by really optimizing that neuroplasticity adaptation response mm -hmm. in our brain, because when we hit the brain with new stimuli, it adapts. That's called neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. The medicine accelerates that adaptation process. 
right? So all of these years of work can be shrunk down into a much shorter period of time. The, while all of that's going on in the limbic system, in the emotional brain, and in, in the prefrontal cortex, right? What's also happening is what's called the default mode network, okay? Which is kind of various areas of our brain that operate, you know, in an interconnected way. Mm -hmm. And this is what kind of runs in the background when we're not preoccupied with external stimulation, what we think of ourselves, how we perceive ourselves, right? Now, remember, if we have all of these subconscious programs running, these thoughts running in the background, and the thought is, I'm not good, I'm not worthy, right? Mm -hmm. As an example, okay? <clears throat> what the medicine helps do is reset that network. And it allows us not only to, to do a reset, but to see ourselves differently. Mm -hmm. Okay, to see ourselves from a, a higher level of consciousness mm -hmm. so we can experience our thoughts and we can see our thoughts, but we're not the subject of our thoughts any longer. Mm -hmm. We're the experiencer of the thoughts, the witness, if you mm -hmm. would, you see, mm -hmm. and that perspective allows us to see outside of our conditioned filters, mm -hmm. like I'm not worthy or I'm bad, right? Yeah. Okay, so, so the proliferation now of this medicine um, is really based upon a couple of things. One, Western medical approaches are not working effectively. Psychology is great. Psychiatry is, is, is good. The difference is psychiatry, you know, medications, pharmaceuticals are prescribed, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that only takes a person so far. Mindfulness and meditation and different types of esoteric practices, amazingly powerful. I teach those. I've been teaching those for many, many years. Mm -hmm. um, and it can certainly provide the result that we're talking about, but it takes time and discipline right. and practice. Well, right? and to your okay. first point about psychiatry, there's also so many, um, so many people that are overdiagnosed, misdiagnosed, overly medicated. It's this dependency yeah. model where it's like, okay, you're going to be on this medication for the rest of your life. And there are, yeah. there's a large and growing population of people that are saying, what is this the only way there has to be something else where, right. you know, I can heal in a more natural way. And, and that's kind of what we're getting into. Well, and that's, and that's, you know, you're starting to see a lot of movement, um, looking for what what's referred to as complementary alternative medical um, practices, okay? Uh, some of them can be movement-based practices like yoga. Some can be energy medicine-based you know, practices. The I think the, the most well-known would be Reiki. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a very gentle kind of benign form. There are deeper forms of energy medicine. Um, there's shamanic, you know, healing practices and plant medicine, you know, that can be utilized. Um, and really... People are seeking an alternative to the pharmaceutical approach, right? Um, and and what's interesting is that you know the history of of, um, of entheogens of, of psychoactive um, plant medicines, right? Um, there was a lot of research that was being done in the fifties and sixties that were that was showing some pretty amazing results um, in uses of microdosing, mm -hmm. you know, as an example, but also some of the macrodosing. Yeah. Okay. You know, to help people. 
And then um, it became a threat. And in, in the early 70s, these compounds were um, outlawed. These natural compounds, what grows out of the ground, okay, were, um, were scheduled as a class one drug by the FDA, which meant they're highly illegal, um, punishable by, you know, by, um, by law, okay? Um, so what happened with the research? Well, it stopped because research couldn't be done legally any longer, right? Okay. It wasn't until 45 years later that research started again, maybe 10, well, I'm sorry, maybe 10 years ago, roughly, okay? Um, and it started very slowly. Um, and the quandary was, the reason the research stopped um, was the researchers said it's illegal to get, you know, the, the compounds. And the government said, well, you know, show me some research that shows they're effective. Well, I can't because you won't let me have it legally. So it literally stopped. Mm. And Big Pharma stepped in and there was this mental health drug industry. Um, last year, it was a $26 billion industry. Mm. Uh, the top 10 uh, mental health um, pharmaceuticals, $26 billion. Wow. The average efficacy, the effectiveness was less than one third. Wow. Mm. Okay. Now, but yet... People are on them, they stay on them, they're told sure. to stay on them. And then there are these, these vines and these mushrooms and you know these other compounds that naturally grow that show efficacy rates of over 90%. And they're all natural. Mm -hmm. So research has started. There's some wonderful organizations, um, medical universities like UCLA, Harvard Medical, Johns Hopkins, just to name a few, Emory University. They're, they're beginning to do clinical studies now where they're inviting participants to come in mm -hmm. to do clinical studies primarily with compounds like psilocybin uh, and ketamine yep. um there are some lsd you know studies being done MDMA, MDMA, studies, yeah. mdma yeah right <clears throat> so this is the beginning you know of the research cycle and it's my belief that over the course of time the research is going to prove out what shamans have known all along mm -hmm. which is um these, these intelligent, beautiful spirit plants, these teachers um, help us heal in a very natural way. Yeah. Yeah. And what we're talking about, I want those that are listening to understand, when we're talking about mushrooms or magic mushroom psilocybin, we're not talking about this in the uh, recreational uh, kind of consumption. We're talking about this in a different a set and a setting it, of a ceremonial type experience. Can you talk about the difference between, you know, what people might think of, of when they think of mushrooms and the, the setting that, that if done within this kind of container can be extremely healing. Sure. sure yeah. So in my travels um, outside the United States, <clears throat> I've participated, you know, in different medicine ceremonies um, with different types of, of plant medicines. Mm -hmm. Um, psilocybin mushrooms in, in Mexico and Central America, mm. uh, also in uh, Asia, you know, because those mushrooms, there are over 200 species that grow on every continent except Antarctica, mm. right? So they're natural to the world. Um, ayahuasca ceremonies down in South America, uh, Peru, you know, in particular, like in the Amazon. And, and the way the shamans um, 
administer um, the medicine. And, and, and make no mistake, they call it medicine. They don't call it a drug. That it's not used recreationally. It is sacred. It is revered. And it is used in a, in a very sacred ceremonial setting. Yep. Okay. So, you know, if you, if you look back at what's been written about um, psychoactives, there are three elements that really um, dictate a person's experience. One is called set. That's kind of our internal mindset, how clean our, our body is, our systems are from substances like um, caffeine or nicotine or alcohol mm. or sugar. Okay. <clears throat> um, there's the setting, right? The, the container. Okay. It's very different if somebody's eating mushrooms and going um, to a concert. Sure. You know, it's a very, very different setting and a very different experience than if somebody is, you know, um, in a very tightly held container with a certain type of music and certain rhythms and, and a facilitator like a shaman mm -hmm. or a facilitator that is helping guide kind of the energetic flow, you know, of that, of that experience. Right. Okay. So the setting is very important, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I mean, if you eat mushrooms and go outside, um, wow, that's, that can be a really interesting experience, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They just like going to a concert, but, but in a healing modality, which is, which is what it's truly meant. The, these, these plants are meant to be used for healing and learning. Mm -hmm. um, there's a sacred setting that is established. Yeah. Are there practices that are established? And then of course there's the dosing, like how much of a particular medicine does a person, does a person take? Sure. Uh, there's a lot of good research out there. You know, people can just go online and type in, you know, magic mushrooms mm -hmm. and get all kinds of information. Um, but there's kind of sort of the light, medium, strong. Heroic know, dose. Um, the heroic dose. Is, yes. Yeah. Um, and, and, and really the type of work we're talking about, Tori, that's done in kind of the middle of that range. Yeah. Okay. Because that's where people are being faced when they're with the medicine, their emotions come up, their thoughts about their emotions come up, relationships, past events, and they begin to process all of this very differently. What's locked away in the subconscious is now unlocked. Right? right. So they can actually see it and experience it in a very different way. So when they come out of it, they're like, oh my God, that was like 10 years of therapy in one night. Mm -hmm. I get it now. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I've had people share with me their experiences, you know, when they've gone and, 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 and done these, um, these ceremonial healings with, with shamans. Mm -hmm. and, and I had one psychologist, she was very funny. Um, she called me up. She said, Oh my God, I, I, I finally experienced that. I was like, really cool. Like, how was that for you? She said, it was like 30 years of, of therapy in one night. Mm -hmm. Like I've been in therapy 30 years about yeah. my mom dynamic. And I finally understand it. And I've let go of all of that. Yeah. See, so there can be these amazing breakthrough experiences, sure. um, you know, through these very natural means and, and one of the things that I'm a, a fairly outspoken advocate of, okay, uh, look, I have a very strong science background. You know, I, I get what's going on chemically and biologically and even the physics of this. Um, what Western, conventional Western medicine is doing, research they're doing, is very valuable, okay? It's very good. 
Um, however, um, in the psychology world, there is going to be what's called psilocybin-assisted psychotherapy, mm -hmm. okay, where a person will be kind of screened and qualified, and they'll be given a synthetic psilocybin pill, and they'll be put in a clinical setting, maybe with some nice soft music, uh, and someone's going to sit there with a clipboard and ask them questions mm. or prompt them mm. in a very clinical way. And that can be an amazingly powerful mm -hmm. form of, of therapy. Sure. The traditional ceremonial is very different than that. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's being with the plant in its natural form. Mm -hmm. It's um, working with a facilitator, okay, of some sort that, that has been trained in the natural you know, healing modalities. Mm -hmm. um, some uh, incorporate energy medicine practices with it, which is like a magnifier. It's very powerful. Um, and then, of course, there's the after, which is the integration work that right. we're, you know, that we can do, mm -hmm. you know, with this. And, and you've experienced that. Yeah. You know, where, where we look at, okay, um, like, what do I need to work on now? Yeah. Right? Because you've helped me integrate after experiences that I've had just so I can continue to process my, my process. Right. So I can actually right. really absorb everything that I just experienced. And you help me do that through, through the energetic practices, which is so That's right. helpful. It's, well, it's, it's absorbing what you've experienced, but it's also releasing the energy mm -hmm. that was connected Mm -hmm. with all of that. Mm -hmm. See, that's where the energy kind of comes into play. Yeah. And it's so when you're talking about how the, the, the clinical tri clinical based psychotherapy might be using psilocybin, the, the spiritual component there is kind of taken out of, of the, the medicine. Am I understanding that right? Where we're in well, these traditional <clears throat> ceremonies, you're able to yeah, really work with the spirit it, it, of the medicine. Well, yeah. So, it, so it's interesting. Um, so the clinical application is, is really going to be focused on helping people with these psycho-emotional conditions, Got it. treatment, resistant depression, mm -hmm. anxiety, mm -hmm. addiction, OCD, ADD, pain management, right. migraines and cluster headaches, anorexia, these very structured emotional patterns, right? right? That's where the clinical um, orientation is, right? It's not about helping somebody understand at a deeper spiritual level their life and life and existence. Mm -hmm. Consciousness. It's right? trying to open up those neural pathways to, to even that, create new new associations and belief systems and and that kind of thing. Right. Because it's, the hardwiring is about, so wired. Right. So it's all about dealing with the cycle emotion. Right. Now, the spiritual practices do that. Okay, they do that, but they also take the person into a deeper spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. It's what I call the psycho-spiritual, mm -hmm. right? Where people begin to see like the nature of existence. Mm -hmm. They begin to see themselves not just as humans, but as a soul. The okay? multidimensionality. The multidimensionality, mm -hmm. that's right. We, we expand beyond the physical plane. Mm -hmm. And what we, what we end up experiencing is that, you know, 
the physical world, like our eyes only pick up 2% of the electromagnetic spectrum, mm. which means our perception of reality is based on 2% of what's really going on. Right. Right. Okay. So the medicine shows us more. And, we're, and that's why people go, oh my God, like I saw this and I experienced that. Right. You know, a, a suspension of time and space, a dissolution of the ego, mm -hmm. right? An expansion into that multidimensionality. Right. You know, a truly spiritual, in, you know, I'll use this word, a godlike, you know, uh, experience. Mm -hmm. And, and um, because that, you know, we're kind of breaking out of the confines of, of our human, uh, our, our, our conditioned humanness, mm -hmm. if you would. Mm -hmm. So there is absolutely a place for the Western medical, psychologically, you know, the, the, the psilocybin-assisted, you know, psychotherapy to help people with these emotional dynamics. Right. Um, ceremonially, that gets done because the medicine helps you heal and then it shows you. Mm -hmm. more remind right? I, I, my experience of it is is it's a remembering it's it is a it, it's not like something maybe maybe tori as 3d personality ego is learning but it the true me my truest essence is just remembering myself again and and yeah. it's um kind of a peeling back of all of the things a removal of everything that was in the way of me seeing that so we have a saying that with the medicine, it guides us back to our truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's been my experience. That, 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 that inner journey <clears throat> is all about going through the layers, Yeah. okay, to come back to our truth and remembering who and what we truly are. And, and for many people, why we're even here. Yeah what our purpose is in life. And I know right. there's so many people listening that are, are seeking that and on that are, are wanting that so deeply. How does somebody go about, um, finding a trained facilitator or navigating that path? Um, given that a lot of the stuff is still being, still being studied and there's mm -hmm. some uncertainty depending well, on where people live and where they're listening from. That's right. So there. So so let me start. Um, let me start with the legality question. Okay. So um, psychoactive uh, entheogenic plants like psilocybin mushrooms, um, ayahuasca, are illegal in just about every state in the United States. Um, there has been recent legislation decriminalizing psilocybin in Oregon, Colorado, New Mexico, soon to be. Um, couple of areas of California, but soon to be California. Um, and I believe it's going to follow the same, very similar trajectory as to what happened with the cannabis right. medical marijuana um, kind of trajectory. Mm. So it's, it's, a really, it's a really challenging um, process because there is this legal, you know, cloud, sure. you know, hanging over this. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, I can probably walk to a field, you know, within one mile radius here and find the psilocybin mushroom. I mean, they're all over the place if, if you know what to look for, right? Wow. But, but, you know, because the laws are the way they are, mm -hmm. there are kind of pockets of, of, um, of practitioners. Um, so Oregon is doing psilocybin-assisted um, psychotherapy, mm -hmm. and, uh, and there are practitioners that can be found 
uh, there. Same in um, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, in certain cities in um, in uh, in Michigan. Sure. Uh, in also uh, California, um, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there are retreats outside the United States that do um, ceremonial work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if somebody's looking for a clinical approach, um, I would guide them first towards the clinical studies that are being done by UCLA, Johns Hopkins, Harvard Medical, uh, and a number of other universities. I think there are about 15, 16 other universities that, that have now you know, stated that they're setting up centers for psychedelic research. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, which is so exciting. So it's so exciting that yeah. we're we're getting to that point where it, it, it is. So there's that. Um, also, there are organizations like Maps. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick Dobrin's organization does a beautiful job, um, and I think he has a listing of you know um, certain uh, practitioners in certain areas you know of the country. Right. Okay. Um, now, for the more ceremonial aspect, there are retreats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are, you know, practitioners out there yeah. that are doing work um, quietly. Mm-hmm. You know, they do work. Um, a lot of that work is being done, you know, outside of the U.S. Um, and I believe that's going to change. Yeah. You know, over the next five years, there's going to be a change. There's a lot of legislation that's been written, hasn't been passed yet, mm-hmm. to uh, decriminalize. Um, and... Uh, and then the third option, and this is kind of interesting, is that there are some religious slash spiritual organizations mm-hmm. that are um, technically churches. Okay, they've been approved, you know, by the government as a ministry or a church mm-hmm. and not for profit. Um, and under the um, Religious Practices Freedom Act they're able to administer as part of a spiritual or religious practice um, psilocybin Mm -hmm. or um, there's actually an ayahuasca church, Mm -hmm. you know, here in the United States. Mm -hmm. So there's about half a dozen of these psilocybin, these mushroom based, um, you know, churches uh, and ministries out there. Yeah. Okay. Um, And, you know, really it's, it, uh, you know, a person should just um, educate themselves. Yeah. um, Ask. This is what I have found, all right? And I live in a very different um, perception of reality, okay? <laughs> If somebody's being called, if they feel they're being called to do work with medicine, if they put that intention out there, the right person will come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, okay? that's Who one of the, my, my favorite sayings, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yeah, the other, so- the other side of that statement is when the student's really ready, teacher disappears (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's like so you know you brought up microdosing yes that's i know that's a question i've had in the past uh before i i had the right information and a lot of people in my audience want to know because i think it's it's definitely something that's more mainstream um for people who are interested what are the what are the protocols what are the benefits and what should people know if it's something they're considering okay so so with microdosing the, the, the precept of microdosing is very, very small amounts of the psychoactive, like psilocybin. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by small is that if somebody goes into like an intensive therapy session, a microdose is about 20 times less than that. Okay. Um, so typically uh, somewhere around 200 milligrams. 
all right, mm -hmm. or, or 0.2 grams on average. Could be a little less, could be a little more. Um, and, and really the, the precept, the, the research around this is that by having very, very small doses on a, a consistent periodic basis, remember we were talking about the neuroplasticity, mm -hmm. okay? Well, it does the same thing, okay? And, and it does it kind of slowly and gradually over the course of you know, months and months. And what it does is it kind of helps reset um, those, uh, those neural pathways. It helps um, kind of bind to the receptor sites. And where microdosing is being shown uh, from a research perspective as being very beneficial uh, is in helping people come off of those mental health pharmaceuticals. Depression, anxiety, um, medication. Dealing with depression, anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and what these people are reporting is that over the course of time, they don't need those medications any longer. Um, they feel better because the medicine actually helps rebalance their brain chemistry. The serotonin okay. levels. Serotonin levels. Mm -hmm. That's like psilocybin is what's called a serotonergic compound, which means it binds to certain serotonin receptor sites. Okay. All right, they're the HT5, the HT2A receptor sites. All right, and by binding to that, um, it literally changes how a person thinks mm -hmm. and how a person feels and how a person thinks about how they feel and how they feel about what they think. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, and it's done very gradually. Now, there's a couple of different protocols um, depending upon what somebody is kind of uh, working with. Mm -hmm. um, there can be a daily dose you know, like taking a supplement in the morning, like a vitamin in the morning, mm -hmm. okay? Now, I, I do want to say that when people microdose, they don't feel it. Yeah. They don't They don't They're have not going to have a body distortion. high or anything like that. No, no yeah. body high, no distortion of their, you know, of their senses. But what happens is they notice a very subtle shift in how they're thinking and their overall perception of things and how they feel. They're more relaxed. Mm -hmm. They don't get triggered you know, as, as, uh, as rapidly, if at all. Okay. Um, the other protocol, <clears throat> um, is, is like every other day. Okay. And again, it's really dependent. We're all individuals. We all have different body chemistry. Um, and it really depends on a lot of different factors, like what a person's dealing with, what their body chemistry is, um, the, the dosing, you know, of, of the microdose, uh, if it's a hundred milligrams or 200 milligrams, um, you know, or, or even more, there's what's called mini dosing, which is slightly higher than that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so what I would suggest is that again, research, you know, look at it, look at it, you know, relative to whatever the condition is a person has. Um, right now I'm aware of organizations outside of the United States that, that, that make capsules. Yes. Uh, and, and they will and ship they them and they, they will, will ship them. them. Yes, they, they will. will ship, right? Okay. I mean, I've seen that. I believe you've seen that, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, the laws outside of the United States in many areas are, are very relaxed. Yeah. You know? Well, and one of the things I think um, that's really important that I'm trying to do and establish uh, within 
this podcast and Coachable in general is provide resources and a community of people that are interested in, in all different types of things, this being one of them, where they can have um, access to people who have maybe more knowledge or network or um, resources that they might not know about. Because if you're listening sure. to this and you're thinking, well, I don't know a practitioner who I can ask about a, a microdosing protocol or, you know, how I can't go to Peru and do this right now, right. but I would love to have a community of people maybe that are educated like you, um, that I can ask. And so that's one thing, if anybody's listening that is thinking that, you know, I encourage you to stay connected here on this show in, in our community on Facebook and the coachable community. And always you can reach out to me, to me and, and email us, um, to stay in, involved and to know more if there's uh, ever resources or, or things that we can share, um, that are, um, relevant and educational that's what i'm here to offer yeah and so are you yeah and, and tori i you know i so appreciate that you know we um we educate a lot of people mm -hmm. on this uh and i'm an advocate you know of this because i've seen just how powerful it can be in people's lives yeah. um and you know um to whatever degree you would like you know to use uh, me as a resource um i i have um been uh, around and in and uh, and understand this uh, for many many years uh, because I'm that kind of quintessential you know science math geek mm -hmm. you know as a kid right and even in college um, I read a lot of research I read the books uh, that have come out um, there's a very good body of work you know that's developing um, out there um, I tend to stay you know, in tune with the research organizations and the universities mm -hmm. to really see what's going on. Yeah. Because, you know, as, as, a, as, a, uh, as a healing professional, you know, I would like to be able to guide the people that, that I know um, in the right direction for their best benefit. Yeah. So staying abreast of the latest changes, the latest scientific research, the latest legislative, you know, shifts, you know, and moves. Mm -hmm. um, is very important because this, I believe, we're going to see as one of the next significant waves in personal health and wellness, um, certainly within the next five to 10 years. I agree with you. And I think the thing that's so uh, powerful about you and your presence and why you walk in so much power is because you, you have the science background and, and you're recognized by the scientific community. I mean, you've spoken on panels and, and, and things like that. Uh, with some of these big research hospitals, as well as worked with the shamans and the indigenous people, um, you know, in, in Peru and in these other countries. And you bring both to, to like your expertise and, and your ability to speak on these things, um, which is, is so important because you get the full spectrum of, of knowledge and experience along with it. Well, yeah, thank you. You know, that, that's what that's one of my goals mm. is to help demystify what has been the mystical. Yeah. Um, and there are there truly is magic and, myst and, and mysticism out there. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, it's all magical. Life is. But um, what I find is that, you know, because here in the West was so conditioned by the scientific and research and medical you know, communities that people want to understand the science. They want to understand the research. And that's a very important component for people to become comfortable, right. you know, with this. Yeah. And there's a whole body of work coming 
uh, in, in the world of psychology where psychologists are going to be trained to do integration work, mm. right? Very important. You know, if people want to go find um, psilocybin mushrooms on their own, you know, and dose themselves, um, and they have a psychologist that's trained, you know, in doing the integration mm. work, that could be a very, you know, very beneficial experience for them instead of them just kind of being out there on their own. Mm -hmm. um, and I do believe that the ancient traditional sacred ways and science are two sides of the same coin, mm -hmm. right? Science is just a way to explain what, let's just say these indigenous elders have known for thousands of years yeah. before yeah. modern, now Western conventional medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, and in my world, um, energy work, shamanic healing, plant medicine, that is traditional medicine. Mm -hmm. It so is. In the West, that's conventional medicine. Mm -hmm. So that's the distinction that we make. And it's interesting because I have a lot of interesting conversations with clinicians, you know, with psychiatrists and psychologists, uh, researchers, you know, they're embarking on doing some of these, these trials, these studies mm -hmm. that want to know the difference, you know, between kind of the clinical approach yep. and the more natural approach. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is, it's a different experience. And, um, for anybody that's listening and wondering, uh, about, is this right for them? Um, or maybe they're kind of like what you, you described, they're very logical. They want to know the data. They want to know the science. Are there any, um, negative, uh, negative, uh, I can't think of the word. Yeah, yeah, side effects to yeah, either yeah, microdose microdosing yeah, let, or ceremony. I, I am so glad that you asked that question. Um, this is really where I get preachy and on my soapbox. <laughs> Please right, so get preachy. Just, so, so just kind of go with it, right? All right. Um, there, there is a scale, a standardized scale. It's called the, um, excuse me, that's called the. Um, risk it's a risk factor scale related to drugs okay it's the classified or classed um risk factor scale all right now on that scale are drugs like morphine heroin cocaine um uh methamphetamines crystal meth um cannabis mm -hmm. alcohol nicotine, caffeine, sugar, till it just, those are just some of them, mm -hmm. okay? Um, when the risk profile was done on psilocybin, okay? I'm gonna use sugar and caffeine and nicotine as the marker, all right? On a scale of one to five, with five being the most risk, the most risky, meaning risk of addiction, risk of physical, issues, um, you know, physical side effects, even death, right? Yeah. Um, crime, crime, okay? Risk of psychological, um, you know, side effects, mm -hmm. like psychosis, like you know, there are some drugs where people can have a psychotic break, sure. okay? Um, uh, the physical risks of like what happens to the human body, you know, in our systems, mm -hmm. right? Well, alcohol, caffeine, nicotine, and sugar are solid threes. Pretty now, high. these are substances. <laughs> these are substances that people consume. Maybe not all of them, but some of them, almost on a daily basis. Yeah. 
And not okay. just one yeah. of them, all, all of them. <laughs> right. That are legal. Right. That are legal. Okay. Cannabis is about a 2.3. Mushrooms, 0.5. Mm. Mm. No risk of addiction. The active ingredient, psilocybin, breaks down into psilocin in the body. That's the psychoactive. The body processes that. The half-life, meaning how long it's psychoactively effective, is um, about four hours, sometimes a little longer. Um, within 12 hours, that breaks down into harmless metabolites that we excrete through our renal system. So the next day, there's no hangover. There's no after effect, physical after effect. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's no risk of addiction. There is no known crime associated mm -hmm. with the magic mushroom industry. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's not like heroin and cocaine and you know crystal meth. Mm -hmm. right? So if that's not then going to show up on, and I'm not asking this because a drug test, a drug test <laughs> but I'm not asking this for everybody to go, you know, try to pass a drug test. But well, is well, that what it, it wouldn't show up? Because it's already well, it left clears, the system. It, it totally, it totally clears the human body in twenty four to thirty six hours. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, the, and so this kind of gets to the precept of microdosing, mm -hmm. right? You know, if someone's microdosing every other day, right? They're getting the benefit for maybe twenty four hours. Okay. Uh, or if they're doing it every day, there's a little bit of an overlap, right? So, uh, and that's why those protocols are in place because of the efficacy mm -hmm. and the half life, right? All right, so from a risk factor, <clears throat> here's what people need to be aware of. Anybody who has a history of bipolar one, schizophrenia, or any psychoses, it is not recommended to work with psilocybin because it creates chaos, entropy, more brain activity. Psychoses, um, bipolar one, schizophrenia are already chaotic brain conditions. Mm -hmm. So the medicine can add to that. You see, mm -hmm. it's not their medicine. Sure. Do you understand? So like when you're talking to people, you know, it's, um, you know, when I talk to people, I'll ask them all the time, well, do you have a family history of bipolar one? Right. Um, you know, any schizophrenia, mm -hmm. right? You know, um, okay, well, no, that's great. Well, then this could be something that might be beneficial for you that you should look into or you could look into. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, some of the physical um, effects that it does have is that when somebody, uh, not, not with microdosing, but with more of a ceremonial or, or a therapeutic dose, I'm going to talk psychology now, therapeutic dose, mm -hmm. okay? Um, there is an increase in the heart rate for a period of time. Um, people may notice a fluctuation in their body temperature. Some people feel hot, some people feel cold, okay? Um, there can be some physical uncomfortability um, as energy is moving, okay? Um, sometimes there can be some mild um, nauseousness mm -hmm. because it affects the receptor. So we have a lot of, we have a lot of those HT2A receptor sites in our digestive tract, mm -hmm. a lot of serotonin receptors there, okay? So that's why people will, will they may be nauseous for five minutes mm -hmm. or, or so. Um, psilocybin is very much unlike um, ayahuasca in that there's not the physical purging right. and the visceral, you know, experience that, that ayahuasca um, uh, gives somebody. Mm -hmm. So it's much gentler. But these are things people should be aware of, yeah. that there can be some nausea, 
you know, temporary increased heart rate, um, body temperature fluctuations, all that passes. Sure. Okay. Um, but overall, uh, I don't want to speak in absolutes, but it's probably one of the least risky forms of, let's call it therapy, okay, of treat self of self treatment uh, that we can find. Yeah, it, it's worse to eat a candy bar than it is to eat a mushroom mm-hmm. for the human body. Yeah, and especially done yeah. in a safe container. That's the biggest thing yeah. for. Yeah, that's, for, that's the key. Yeah. So, so what I would what I would recommend to the people uh, listening, you know, to to your show, um, is that when you're seeking a practitioner, there are certain questions you want to ask. Okay, and there are certain questions that they should ask you. All right, now, Tori, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you um, an information package and I'm going to send you how to find, not, not how to find, but how to qualify a practitioner, like what, what you need to look for. Okay, um, and, and please, um, you know, uh, people who are looking for information, we want to be a good source of education, a good source of information. Uh, we, we certainly appreciate you kind of being a conduit uh, to that. But if we can educate people how to how to really look at this responsibly, um, they're much more likely to have a very positive experience and outcome than if they're just kind of winging it. Yeah. And what we'll do when we get that, we will, um, my team and I will create a uh a downloadable PDF or make it accessible to you guys. And when this airs, now that you're listening to it, it's going to be in our show notes for you guys to get access to, um, that guidance. Uh, if you want to, to get that information, we'll make that available to you. Great. Great. Is there any, go ahead. Please, please finish. Oh, I was going to say, I could talk about this for days, Tori. So oh, I know. <laughs> no, I know. We, we could go on and on, and there's still so many questions I want to ask you. But we'll have you back on the show to do a part two at some point, because this is, this is so relevant. It's so important. There's uh, so many of my clients, but also just my audience members that I know this will speak to. And um, it might be... A, a perfect, you know, segue to something that they're looking to, to experience or just learn more about. And, and that's what we're here to do is provide educational resources and information so that you guys can make the most, uh, the, the best decision for you and your health and healing journey. That's what all of this is, is for, um, to give you, uh, alternatives and, and, uh, help you to, to level up in every area of your life. And this is certainly something that has completely changed my life and, uh, helped me to access places, uh, within my own psyche and, and true, truest self, um, that I, I wish for every single person living on this planet. So, um, with all of that said, Jeff, is there any last thing you want to share or, um, if people want to stay in touch with you, what are the best ways for them to do that? Well, um, okay, so I am on Instagram. Um, uh, I do check that periodically. Um, so, like, uh, DM me mm-hmm. at uh, Energy Medicine Man, okay? Um, and then I have uh, my assistant, will, uh, she kind of uh, scans it for me and lets me know that I have messages I need to answer. But, it, but if you're interested in learning more, um, I'm more than happy to share, you know, that. 
Um, so just reach out by Instagram. Um, you can also take a look at my website, which is theenergymedicineman.com. Uh, and there's more information about the type of work that I do um, and ways to kind of get in contact with me there. Perfect. Okay? We'll put all of that in the show notes. So um you can have access to it and stay connected. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Jeff, thank you for your expertise. Thank you for the work and the healing that you you bring and you've brought to the show. The world needs more of it. And um, it's my honor to, to share this space with you. And I uh, can't wait to, to have you back to continue the conversation soon. Great. And just to honor you. Great. Thank you so much. All right, listen. Have a beautiful weekend. All right. All right, guys. Until next time, we love you and we'll see you next week on the Coachable Podcast. What I loved about this interview and what Jeff is doing in the world is that we're really changing the conversation around mental health. And I think it's time. And I hope that you found this this conversation impactful, empowering to help provide you with more information that's going to help you to make the right choices for you and your body and your healing journey. You know, my life has drastically changed over the last five years. And on the last couple of years, it's been extremely accelerated in terms of my healing journey. And and I can tell you from experience, uh, the work that, that you're able to do uh, and that's accessible through the healing modality of the plants is so profound. And it truly is the, the truest form of medicine I have ever in my body and it makes me want to share it with the world. It makes me want to, to share it with you guys because I want you to know what's possible and what you're capable of. That is why uh, this show exists and we're going to explore that in every topic, whether it's uh, mental health, relationships, sexuality, career finances. I want to push the bound boundaries that we've been limited by in terms of our thinking and culture and, and see really what is possible, uh, what is available to, to us when we eliminate and remove the roadblocks, which are sometimes just the belief systems that we have been conditioned into to think these things are bad when really uh, there's so much more to it that most of us just don't understand for, for a lot of people, the perception that they have around plant medicine is, is one that's very skewed and, and based in fear. And so I hope this conversation, um, is able to eliminate a lot of that for you and, and really to shine a light on, um, the amazing truth and power that is available to all of us when we, when we sit with these medicines. And if you are interested in learning more, please don't hesitate to reach out to me, download that guide that's going to help you to ask the right questions to find a, a right facilitator for you. And that's what this community is for, uh, to support you in making those, those decisions and getting the information that you need. So you can always email us at media at Gordon.com and we'll be happy to point you in the right direction. In the meantime, I love you. I'm proud of you. You're worthy and keep being coachable. I'll see you next week on the Coachable Podcast.